thing, but I just first wanted to welcome everybody to uh, to this podcast. We're going to um, just interview different people connected to Rowan, um, whether it be an alumni or a student or a supporter or a friend or a parent, whatever it is. And we're just going to talk about life and um, current, you know, uh, current day and how it all ties into Judaism and, and all that. So um, without uh, further ado, Adam, please introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you uh, who you are, uh, your connection to Rowan, etc. Oh, Rabbi, cool to see you. I don't get to see you that often, which is great uh, with everything going on. But uh, my name is Adam Schiffman. Uh, this is awesome what you're doing. And the, being the first one on here is pretty cool. Uh, so I went to Rowan University. I'm from Ridgewood, New Jersey, originally, Burden County. Uh, I went to Rowan University from uh, 1998 to 2002. Uh, and then I went to grad school at Rowan University from 2002 to 2004. Uh, and uh, after grad school, I opened up the business, uh, Ace Screen Printing uh, and Embroidery. Um, and I bought that off the guy who sold it to me as I was working with him through college. And uh, that's where I am right now. I own Ace Screen Printing and I own a bunch of college rentals as well at Rowan University. Um, right now we are live from Ace Screen Printing. You can see right over there, the press behind me. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a crazy ride, really crazy ride. So um, Adam, tell us more about how you got the shop and like how that came, came to be. So uh, when I was at Rowan, I was in a uh, fraternity, uh, Alpha Cairo. Um, we were printing rush shirts and we were uh, printing them on our inkjet printer, trying to save some money as college students do. Uh, some like to save it for beer, some use it for other things, you know? And uh, we were printing these rush shirts and I was like, man, there's gotta be a better way. A lot of manual labor involved in ironing. So we printed them out. I called up Ace Screen Printing in the phone book. Uh, first number, Ace started with an A. John McCourt, super cool guy. He goes, dollar piece, I'll put them on. I go, great. So brought them over here on High Street. He puts them on. He goes, hey, do you do artwork? I'm like, yeah, I can do small things here and there. You know, I figured out how to print transparencies and stuff like that for him. And all of a sudden, he, uh, he's like, yeah, my artist is charging me a ton for these colors. He's like, I'm like, I'll do it for 25 bucks each, whatever. You know, I just want the experience. I'm like, great. So I was doing artwork. And then also I was selling stuff like, you know, he was printing shirts and I was basically subcontracting to him. And basically through that, uh, I, I started doing things for organizations and groups at Rowan. And before he knew it, he did uh, take back financing, which is unheard of. He held the mortgage on the, on the property and I ended up buying it and then paying him off a few years later. But it was a uh, right place, right time. It was one of the greatest decisions I ever made, probably. Uh, that's awesome. So tell me more about, because I know you once uh, told me how as a Jew and just like, um, I guess, you know, that ambition kind of, um, you know, uh, helped you or kind of got you to, you know, purchase the building? Because that sounds crazy. You're a college kid, just out of college, and you're buying a building already. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I don't know if it's in our nature. Uh, it's always been in my family's nature. Uh, business was something my dad's always been good at, uh, always hustling and, uh, and doing something like that. I, it might be a, a, a Jewish entrepreneur thing. Uh, but you know, there's always hustling, you know, trying to, you know, 
make ends meet, make it work through college to help pay for it. Uh, it's just that drive that gets you, but uh, it, it's always been in me, I guess. Yeah, that's cool. You know, um, I, obviously this is not a uniquely Jewish thing or only, but um, I feel, you know, like a lot of our grandparents or, you know, coming out out of the Holocaust or being immigrants and they kind of came with nothing. And then the resilience to just build and purchase and buy and, and grow a company or a business, whatever. So I think you are right. That that's kind of in our DNA a little bit to just uh, 100% agreed. 100% agreed. So my parents left in 1968 from Poland and Russia fearing persecution again, that that World War II could happen like many people. And they actually met on the train on the way over. Uh, and that's the reason why they left, so, you know, to bring a better lives for themselves. And then they had me. But I think being also firstborn here is unique. Uh, it gives you even more of a drive because you have something to prove, you know, like you're like, hey, you know, what my parents did to, to come over here, you know, it's like, let's, you know, I say I, love seeing what we're doing here. Uh, and it makes all their sacrifices, I think, worthwhile, you know, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Hundred percent. I know my father was also a only child of Holocaust survivors, and um, I think he uh, he also had that that same feeling of like proving. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that that yep. we can make it, we can grow, we can continue the Jewish tradition and everything. So um, it's great stuff. That's really cool stuff. So um, another thing. So first of all, I just wanted to show everybody. So Adam, sh show us your. Uh, Shirt. <laughs> I figure this would be appropriate. <laughs> uh, we're making it. We made this for our five-year-old, so it's Menorosaurus. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> so I. So my shirt is also uh, is, is is one of our hottest shirts. So Adam has been very very kind throughout the throughout our um, time here at at Rowan. Who uh, he he's printed so much for us and uh this year he printed uh, josh ring bags chabad cares socially distant yeah the emotionally close and we gave that out to everybody and it was a big hit you know because it's hard to see people so we gave out a little care package with with a bunch of different things inside um but yeah so adam uh we met each other i believe um you were one of the first um jewish people outside of Rowan students that I met. Our first Hanukkah, so this is just a few months after we we moved here. I believe it was Joe Cardona, am I right? That he made the connection? Yep, yep. Yeah, so Joe, Joe, uh, Joe Cardona, who's a VP, uh, one of the VPs at, at Rowan, he uh, introduced us. And right, and right, and right away, uh, I invited you. It was right before Hanukkah, and we were having a Hanukkah on ice. And uh, I invited you, and it was a great, a great time. You came with Jen, uh, Jen's your wife, uh, Adam's wife, and they have a cutest little uh, boy, Max. Five year little Max. Yep, I, he's five. Yep, he just turned five. Five, uh, five uh, years old. So obviously, he wasn't around yet then. But um, uh, yeah, so right away, uh, cut a long story short, right away, uh, Adam, that night, so we just met each other, he said, 100 shirts, we're going to make you 100 shirts for Chabad, and that was really a, a big deal for us, because, you know, uh, 
we were uh, we were able to get our name out there and we were brand new and we were just giving out shirts to everybody that we met. And uh, it was a fun time. And since then, Adam has done uh, so much for us, not just shirts, hats, caps, um, uh, you know, sweatshirts, all the swag uh, you can imagine. So thank you, Adam. Um, but on that note with, with Hanukkah, Adam, could you tell us a little bit about your, the menorah outside your, your shop? <laughs> All right. So basically, if you go on Facebook, you can look up the uh, South. It's South Jersey's largest menorah is what we claim to be. Uh, I, Hold on one second, Adam. Let me see if I could pull it up here. You might be able to I actually it saved it. Hold on a second. Let me see if I can pull it up. Um, a picture. Yeah, here we go. So I'm going to share this. Uh, there we go. So that's the yeah. front of my shop. Yep, there it is. There it is. So tell us about this uh, menorah, Adam. So they've always done a tree lighting in town. I mean, I've been here in this building since 2005. And it wasn't really until I met you, Hurst, that I was motivated to do this. So, you know, they always had the tree. It was always across the street. And I'm like, man, what? you know, there's not many Jewish people around here. You know, this is, let's do it. Let's build. So I, we weren't too busy at the time. My employees and I were like, let's just build this menorah. So we built this, I mean, we took four inch PVC pipe, spray painted it with, uh, with, uh, it was a lot of designing to do. Uh, I had to design it like a plumber would basically. And we basically built this menorah at a PVC pipe. We spray painted it and we put it up every year. Uh, and it all started by, you know, uh, it was probably eight years ago. Maybe when we started, I don't know how long ago, maybe six years ago. Yeah, I think six years ago. Is that second year? Years ago? Happened, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we wanted to spread the light and we put it up and it's pretty cool. You get, I mean, mostly a lot of people that stop in, just stop their car and says, oh my gosh, I'm Jewish. This is so cool. I've never seen it like this. But even people who came up that are Catholic and Christian are like, you know what? This menorah is 10 times nicer than anything we've ever seen for holidays play in this town. And they were like, people thought it was kind of cool from, you know, all facets were like, this is, this is, so we, we did it and, uh, it's just a cool thing that we put up every year. Yeah. You know, what's awesome is that, you know, a lot of people that I encounter and what I love about you, Adam, is that, um, uh, but a lot of different people, um, you know, they're like nervous. If there's a tree there, you know, it's overpowering. And like, you know, they like shy away maybe a little bit of their Jewish pride or of their Jewishness. And what I love about you, and what you're all about is on the contrary. Like if they're going to put a big tree there, we're going to put a massive menorah that everyone's going to see it and it's going to be awesome and everyone, and, uh, and, it's, and it's going to be amazing. And then I think for the most part, uh, like you said, you get a great, great re, uh, response, which I think yeah. is an awesome you know, lesson that, you know, um, when, you know, not just for, you know, not just as Jews, uh, but whenever, you know, when you believe in something and you show it with pride and, and you're not uh, ashamed at all of who you are, people love it. And, and it gets, um, and it gets, you know, it gets great attraction. Um, so I think that, that, uh, that, that's very, uh, very cool. Um, I mentioned this at that first lighting, Adam, when we lit, uh, lit the menorah, um, that this is typically, so Chabad across the world is very big into gigantic uh, menorahs. There's actually a segment 
on Sunday, we had this like a whole convention, like everything on Zoom and the lawyer that represented. So when Chabad started in the 70s to do this uh, campaign for giant menorahs, they came, they, so there was a lot of backlash, a lot of, you know, uh, legal backlash that you can't do it. It's a religious symbol, but uh, uh, separation between church and state, whatever. And the, and the lawyer that represented Chabad was speaking um, on, on uh, you know, over Zoom. And uh, he was, you know, it's just, just saying how they won every single case. And they're working on some now. There's actually one in New Jersey. Um, I forget where, where exactly, but somewhere in, in North Jersey, probably around where, uh, where you're from, that he's working on a case to allow public uh, minority. But the point is, is that this is like a Chabad thing. Um, and you as, you know, someone as, you know, just a, a business owner wanting to do this and doing it on your own and coming up with the idea and everything, I really think speaks volume and I think is a, is a great thing. <laughs> and as you said, it really, it really uh, gives Jewish pride to everybody. Everybody in the community passes by that and they're excited to be a Jew. Oh, people like it. Yeah, customers like it. They think it's they think it's cool. They either think it's cool or they think it's like funny that like, you know, you don't see these out you don't see these giant, you know, Jewish displays, you know. So they thought it was really cool. Plus it's unique, it's just custom, you know. For sure. So this year, Adam, uh, uh, we gotta do it again. Yes. Carry yeah. on the on the tradition. So um, okay, so going back a little bit, uh, 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 rewind a little bit to your time at Rowan. So when you were here at, at, at Rowan as a student. What did Jewish life look, uh, look like? Uh, there, I mean, there really wasn't much, uh, there wasn't much Jewish life when I was here, or at least I didn't find it. I mean, I, I believe there was a Hillel group. Uh, I wasn't much involved, um, you know, and being from North Jersey, you're just, you, you were kind of like, wow, this is like, takes you back a little bit because there weren't many Jewish students. I mean, the population that's increased of Jewish students from, when I was here in 2000, you know, 1998 to 2002, uh, is, is, it's vastly different. I mean, there's so many, when I come to the Chabad meetings and I come to the Chabad Shabbat dinners, it's, it's amazing, you know, and that's just who's there that Friday. I can't even imagine who's there Monday through Friday, you know? So it, it's so cool to see that we just didn't have that. You know, if I wanted to do anything Jewish, it was pretty much, had to drive 110 miles back up to North Jersey to do anything. And, you know, it's, uh, it wasn't like that when I was at Rowan, it was, uh, it was, uh, wasn't, wasn't much going on. You'd have to drive up home and that's it. You know, uh, there might've been a couple, there's a lot of Jewish population in Cherry Hill. So I had friends who lived there and I could go there and go to temple or, but nothing like of, you know, what you've done here is incredible. Absolutely incredible. So you say what I've done, and we've mentioned this a lot, but um, it's a big, it's a partnership, and you have been a huge supporter, and and in in, in everywhere, not just with. Uh, I remember we went around, and when we were trying to find this house, so we were renting a house, and me and you went around, and we were putting letters in people's mailbox, right, to yep. see if anybody. So, uh, <laughs> but you help us in in so many different uh, different ways, and. Um, yeah, I wanted you to talk a little bit about why you feel it's so important and what, you know, how, like, how does it make you feel um, giving back and, and growing this Jewish life together? 
So it goes back to not having this when I was in school uh, at Rowan. I mean, it was when I, the first time I came, when you invited me to Shabbat dinner, it brings you back to like, you know, when you're back in Hebrew school and you are, you know, learning about, you know, all the different holidays and you're, you know, and, and you're going, you know, cause I've missed some holidays just because of the way scheduling works and things like that. And, uh, and then all of a sudden just having it readily available Shabbat dinner every Friday night is, you know, it's incredible to have that. Um, and I just wish I had that. So whatever I could do to help to keep it moving forward so that, you know, every Jewish student has a home, because let's say, for example, you might have students who Jewish life is more important, let's say, than their academics. And they say, hey, Rowan has a Chabad. I'm going to go there, you know. So now their parents are like, wow, now they could study and have a Chabad house. That's really important. So to keep it going, to keep, you know, keep, keep the prayer going and keep the religion going and, and, and keep it in people so that they don't lose it. Uh, I just, you know, not now there's no reason not to take interest. It's right there in front of you, you know, and it's amazing what that the house that you have and what you do with them. And so, you know, I, I anyone who could you don't have to just monetarily contribute as well. There's so many different ways that people can contribute to you guys that, you know, they should be. And I'm sure you're going to be uh, eating the fruits of what you've planted soon, because people who all those people who you have had at your house are going to wish this upon others. And, and hopefully they could contribute in any way. Right. Now, I wanted to ask you, Adam, because uh, you have been there a lot um, for events and stuff. How about like the community aspect or the feeling of, you know, there's other people there, you know, um, and there's something to, to, to come to. Like, do you feel that that's also like a big... Um, oh, it's huge. So, I mean, like you said earlier, I mean, a lot of people aren't, not that they're ashamed of being Jewish. We're just in the minority. So a lot of, a lot of students don't necessarily want to share it. And when they go and like, you know, they're not open about it, you know, unless someone asks, but then all of a sudden you go to your house and you're like, wow, this is like, it's like an all Jewish club, you know, it's like pretty cool. And uh, all you can Jewish, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so exactly. it, or we have a, uh, like your t-shirt says, just do it, right? There you go. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> That's funny. And then specializing in kosher, kosher apparel. apparel. That's right. <laughs> Each shirt is blessed. Uh, but no, I, I mean, it's, uh, it's a place where people can go and, and, and uh, you know, if you want to study Torah with rabbi, you can. If you just want to have you know, a potato knish and some matzo ball soup and just hang and, you know, shoot the breeze, you could do that too. So it's like, you know, it's a home away from home, which is like amazing to see. So like in any way that I can help, I, I try, you know, just to help you guys. I, I implore everyone else who has ever been there to help you guys in any way they can too. That's uh, awesome. it's, it's just an awesome experience what, what you give those students, you know, something that I wish I had when I was in college, you know. That's awesome. And uh, listen, you're giving it to the next generation. So it's awesome. Um, you went through, uh, through it all. You're a successful um, businessman, beautiful family. What's your message, Adam, to current students or young alumni going out into the world and wanting to build a career or make a difference? What's your message? Uh, so for students, I would say a little bit less time on the computer playing games and social media 
and, you know, maybe pick up like two or three life skills, like, uh, you know, you can even do on your computer or like, you know, do, do some extra stuff for your major or, you know, get really involved, like find an internship that's, that has something to do with your major. If you're an RTF major, like, you know, go to a local business, say, Hey, I want to shoot a commercial for you for free and put it on Facebook. Or, you know, if you are uh, a major in, uh, I don't know, advertising, say, Hey, I want to create, you know, an ad for your business or, you know, get really involved because, you know, what you write down on paper isn't as much as experience, you know? And what I've found out in life is it's more, we're being in the right place at the right time and making the right connections. Um, but, you know, work, work really hard. Your grades mean a lot, but really get some real world experience. That's, that's what I would tell. That's what I would tell people. Um, and alumni, you know, work hard. I mean, if you work 10% harder than most people, that, that's all you gotta do. You work 10% harder than the other 99%. You're going to be up there in the top 10%. You know, you'll be noticed. You want to be a name, not a, not a number, you know, as for your teachers and all that kind of stuff, especially with, you know, regular job and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I think your, um, Adam, your, you know, story that you share, shared with us in the beginning is exactly that you, as a, as a college kid, you didn't just, you know, do your studies, which is of course uh, important. Um, but you know, you tried to figure out a trade and you're helping out this guy and right place, right time, worked a little extra hard and, I, I always tell people, so on Fridays, you always say, what do you say? Stay away from the shady. Yeah. Stay away from the shady areas. Yep. Stay away from the, uh, people will get that. Stay away from the shady areas. If you've been to, so in life, I guess there's black, there's white. I've always felt like there's a gray area where you can always push the envelope. And that's kind of what, you know, that's what I feel like is driven. What my, my success has been driven by uh, always pushing the envelope. You know, that's how I went to Rowan for free in grad school. You know, the, the dean of students said, what are you doing next year? I go, I don't know. He said, you're going to work for me for two years doing website and graphic design because he saw what I was doing as an undergrad in my clubs and organizations and fraternity. He said, you're hired, said, but don't have to get into grad school. He says, I'll get you in, no problem. So all of a sudden I'm getting my master's for free. So it's just pushing the envelope and getting noticed. And, and, and you know, it's, you know, there's no necessarily black or white area. There's a lot of gray areas in life and you should always push, you know, you push the envelope and that's how you go further, you know? I love it. I love it. And then, of course, I've seen that, and I and you actually uh, inspire me all the time to push the uh, the envelope. That's really that, that's really uh, uh, what it's about. So I think that that's a perfect lead up to what I wanted to ask you about Corona, which I know um, you know it's been a hard time for everybody. This pandemic. Um, especially people that own businesses, or shops, restaurants, or whatever. And I know you have to have, have taken a hit. So what's your, like, you know, how do you pull through and what's your advice to people going through the same exact, uh, exact thing right now? You know what I mean? It, it, it's interesting. Every facet of life, there's, you know, from seeing my son who doesn't even know what he's missing and your kids obviously too, who don't know what they're missing. Uh, cause they think that this is normal to like a hundred year old person who's suffering in an, uh, you know, an elderly age home or something like there, there's everybody, you got to look at it and say, okay, my situation might not be that great, but someone else is also suffering as well because of all this, you know? So 
you can't look at it as like me, 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 you know, obviously, you know, our business has been down when this started, we were down like 80, 90%. Now we're down 50%. Um, you know, thank God the rentals are there that I have and the rentals have been kind of picking up for that. And, uh, school's been going on and the students are paying rent and we're good there. Uh, but you know, it's just a matter of just, you just got to keep going forward. I mean, I think that this, you know, this, when, when you get, you know, when life throws you lemons, I guess, you know, you make lemonade or, you know, you might, a lot of businesses are finding different ways to adapt. Um, you know, it's a shame that some businesses aren't going to be able to survive. And I don't think a lot of them will have success stories, but, you know, some people might find something in life that, you know, that they didn't realize because they were, you know, at a house and all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're learning computer code and all of a sudden you're now going to become a computer programmer because of this. So a lot of, there'll be a lot of positive also some negative stuff with businesses closing down and things like that. Um, but a lot of life lessons from all this, you know, and we could just only hope that it gets better from here on out. Yeah. Yeah. And I will I say that... one, one positive thing for me is, I mean, I didn't want to stay home. You know, you want to stay home, you want to work, you want to make money, you want to succeed, but staying home. Uh, I spent a lot of, I've seen a lot of things from my, my four-year-old Max in the last year or eight months that I would have probably not seen, you know, seeing him grow speech, um, just a ton of cool stuff, like all those memories and time together, you know, going to places that we probably wouldn't go as far as like hikes and doing outdoor activities. So, you know, for every negative, there's a positive. Sure. A silver lining. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And I definitely think that that's a Jewish message as well. Um, you know, uh, there's a, uh, a cool line I heard from the chief, from the uh, former chief rabbi of Great Britain, who actually just passed uh, a week and a half ago. But he heard from the Lubavitcher Rebbe. Um, he says uh, that there's no such thing as you find yourself in a in a situation. Um, I'm forgetting the line, but the point is, is that wherever you are, it's an opportunity also. Mm -hmm. And you make the, the situation. Obviously, we didn't make Corona, and nobody wants this pan uh, pandemic, and people are are suffering, and we got to acknowledge that for sure. Um, but we can make the best out of it, and I think you're doing a great job, Adam. And um, you know, at Chabad, we had to adapt, adapt a lot, but you know, we're finding so you know some new students that I think had it not been Corona, maybe would have never gotten involved. You know what I mean? I always tell everyone I got the most calls from Jewish mothers this year ever. Uh, they're sending the, their, their kids and, and you know, uh, they don't know what's, what's going to be. So literally like 200% more, you know what I mean? Um, uh, and, it's, and, and we got to meet a lot of students that, uh, that way. So um, definitely there's a lot, um, there's a lot to accomplish and there's a lot to um, make, uh, make happen, pushing that envelope. And uh, yeah, I think that pretty much concludes our first episode. Adam, I want to thank you very much for your time. Thanks for having me. And uh, it's been great. So this, again, is going to hopefully be uh, the schmooze, uh, the Rowan schmooze. We're going to have it on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and um, might take a little time to figure out how to put it up, but just bear with us. And you'll see it there, <laughs> share it. And uh, it will be on our Facebook page, you know, uh, recorded as well. So all the best and see you next week, hopefully, for the next live stream episode. Have a good one.